0: Do you like
1: talking? Lower your voice. I hear people say that there's just too much talk in this world, but I don't know about that. We gotta exchange our thoughts, we gotta share our opinions, respect others' viewpoints, we gotta communicate, baby. Bradley J. There's just not enough of it. Jay Talking. There's just not enough. Yeah. Talk to me, baby. I wonder why. Can't get
2: enough of Bradley Wayne.
1: That Jay Talk gonna 1030 Can't get enough of Bradley
2: 617 254
3: 1030 to join in. WBZ. You're Jay Talker. We're live midnight to five. James Geary joins us. Wit's End is his book, What Wit Is, How It Works, and Why We Need It. Thanks for coming in. So, how do you define wit? And what are the various types of wit? And which type do you like best?
0: <laughs> uh, well, wit is the ability to think, say, or do the right thing at the right time. In the right place
3: by right you mean funny
0: <laughs> not necessarily funny but something that uh, it can be funny but it can be like surprising or unexpected it could have a twist um, like we talk about I'm at my wits end or living by my wits uh, and when you say I'm living by my wits or I'm at my wits end it doesn't really have anything to do with being funny necessarily right. but it has it has to do with a kind of intelligence right a kind of ability to in the moment to kind of think of something or do something or say something that is going to achieve the outcome that you're looking for. So it doesn't have to be funny, but it can be funny. Some sort of verbal event. It can be a verbal event, but it doesn't have to involve words. It can be a physical thing. It can be a, like a visual thing. It could be like imagery or something like that. You can do something that is witty. You can think something that is witty. And, and of course, you can say something that is witty. So wit's
3: not always wrapped up in humor. Not at all. It's a, an awareness?
0: Yeah, that's a good way to talk about it. It's a, it's, a, it's a kind of an awareness, an ability to kind of pay attention, pay really careful attention to your environment, and make surprising connections among different kinds of things.
3: Folks, uh, our guest has suggested that you call in with your pun, and we'll get to what a pun is. And that's a dangerous, dangerous thing. We generally don't do it. Dangerous because, mostly because it's very difficult. But if somebody has a good pun, wants to give it a go, understands the rules, <laughs> and we will experiment with that, 617-254-1030. But, but, you know, I'm touching it with a long pole. I'm, I'm pretty... <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a family show, right? So yes. keep, keep it clean.
3: Yeah. It doesn't matter if your pun is not funny. It's just, uh, you, you know the rules. As long as it's witty. So is this something you can learn, wit, Or do you, uh, where does it come from? It comes from your dad and your mom, right?
0: (laughs) I think it is, you don't have to learn it, because I think everyone is witty. I think everyone is born witty. Everyone, like, uh, if you make a pun, just take a, I'm going to make a really bad pun now about about the Patriots. Okay. So the Patriots won the Super Bowl again. So they've got this whole Super Bowl thing down pat. I get it. That's a pun. Okay. It's a bad pun, but everybody gets it immediately. So you don't have to and to like when I make a pun, I'm making a connection. A pun is just two different words that sound the same but have the, a different meaning, right?
3: Well, one word that has In this case you, it's one okay, word. Right.
0: But it has two different meanings. Is
3: that related to the garden path?
0: Yes, a garden Can path. Can you explain
3: s- the garden path uh Yes. Notion.
0: A, a garden path sentence is when you say something that leads you to expect one kind of uh sentence and you get another kind of sentence. So um let's see. Um there's one about a banana. Um time flies like an arrow, fruit flies like a banana. Right. <laughs> That's a garden path sentence.
3: Do you perform?
0: I do. You do. I do. I give talks about my book, uh, and I it's kind of a talk, but it's also a performance. It's
3: kind of semi-stand-up comedy and semi-elements
0: of stand-up comedy. It's I talk about the book, I tell jokes, I juggle. Uh, because juggling is related to wit, and at the end of each of my talks, there is a pun competition with the audience and I ask for volunteers and then i I name a theme like plants for for example, and someone everyone who's participating has to make a pun immediately that 's another aspect of wit, like it happens in the moment you don't you can 't have time to think about it. you have to do it like right away improvisation and so we go around and around. And so points
3: off, not, uh, points off if it's something that you had in your back pocket the whole
0: time. Right. That's, that's not fair. But I think a, a good stand-up comedian always has something in his or her back pocket for those moments when wit fails you and inspiration fails. But in the pun competition, you go round and round. If you, you make a pun, uh, you keep going. But if you don't make a pun, you sit down. And then the last person, punning, gets a free copy of my book.
3: How good are these people?
0: Some are very good. Can i give you a great example. Uh, I, had a, I had a gig in Washington, in DC, about three weeks ago. And like six or eight people volunteered. And we were going round and round. And I start off and I say plants or modes of transportation. But if the competition keeps going long enough, I ask the audience to shout out themes about which people have to pun. And so I asked the audience in D.C. and someone shouted out the wall, President Trump's uh, okay. wall. Mm-hmm. And all the people who were in the pun competition were stumped. They didn't say anything. And then a lady in the back who was not, <laughs> not part of the competition, she kind of shouted out, don't take offense. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's an absolutely brilliant pun. And what's great about that pun and what makes it witty is that it plays off the idea of a wall, a wall and a fence. But it, it goes al- deeper.
3: Don't accept. Yes. Don't accept a fence. That's right. We want right. the full wall.
0: That's right. So, And I think what makes a really great pun is not just you, you're playing with words and you, you play on the sound of the words, but also there's kind of this surprising meaning or surprising relevance w- with, that's contained uh- in the pun.
3: Yeah, and if you can get a couple levels of meaning, then you're a superstar.
0: Absolutely. That's like a really high form of wit.
3: Most of the time, that's luck, though, right? It's not luck. Like with her offense? How
0: that's, much- no, no, that's not y- luck. So You, you don't know me, can for you- sure. <laughs> that's <laughs> not luck. You can, like you asked, can you learn yeah. to be witty? Yeah. So the point is, you don't need to learn to be witty because everybody is witty. Like when that woman made that pun, don't take offense, everybody immediately got it. Right. Everybody got that. Yeah. Got the joke. So they didn't need to kind of learn those to make those connections. Well, that's what our brain does. We make these connections between different things.
3: It's one thing to understand; another thing to create.
0: Yes. So the to way synthesize
3: is another whole ballgame.
0: You're right. So you don't need to learn to be witty because everybody's uh, everybody is witty. Everybody's born witty. But you can practice, just like anything, just like Tom Brady. He practices really hard. He's he's born with a gift, but he practices really, really hard. And you can practice wit And a great way. So the basis of wit is is not necessarily making jokes, but making connections. And that's what jokes are. They're just surprising connections between things that make you laugh. But wit is just making connections that sometimes it'll make you laugh, sometimes it won't. But you can practice that and you can learn to get better by trying to make puns. Sort of, just listening It's about making, making
3: connections puns. with a surprise. Connections you, unexpected connections.
0: Yeah, that's a good definition of wit. Wit is the ability to make unexpected connections.
3: Do you practice?
0: Uh, yes, I do.
3: So, you, I mean, is there a, a, a regimen? Do you wake up, have your coffee, and
0: start practicing? <laughs> I wake up, I have my coffee, and I start punning immediately. <laughs> do
3: you sit down but at a desk but and it's... bang some out?
0: <laughs> no. So, but, I'm always, like, in my mind, I'm always punning, but but here's the thing. Here's a really important point to keep in mind. Um, I don't actually say all the puns that I think of. In fact, I keep most of the puns to myself because I value my relationships with my spouse and with my children and with my friends. And if I were to make all the puns that I think of, I think those relationships would suffer. Um, so, <laughs> But I'm still making the puns in my head. So if I'm listening... I'm driving over here in the car, I'm listening to the radio, and I hear people talking, I hear you talking, and I'm just thinking, what are the different combinations I can make about this conversation? What are the puns that I can make? How can I connect what he's saying with something else? And if you start practicing that, as, as to, you know, just in the context of making puns, that's a great way to train your wit.
3: As a person who practices, do you notice a pattern that certain words are more likely to yield a pun?
0: so no really fertile words so but like yield so you just said the word yield and I'm thinking of driving and I'm thinking of yield the yield sign when you're driving right any word that's the whole thing about like it's about ambiguity right words mean lots of different things and everyone I think we've all had the example you know the experience of you're sending an email and you think what you're saying in your email is like really funny and really jokey but it's perceived by the, the person who's reading the email as kind of insulting. Or you make a joke at a dinner party. I'm sure this has never happened to you. Never. And, it, <laughs> and it doesn't go over as you intended. And that's because words have multiple meanings and you can never predict what meaning the other person is going to connect with, with your words. So I don't think there's like individual words that are more punny than, than other words. Right. It's just like the agility of your mind or the nimbleness of your mind to make those connections.
3: So the title is Wit's End, and wit is the main umbrella here, and we've gone right to puns. Are there other forms of wit that are not puns?
0: Yeah, and, but the thing that connects puns and wit is it's making connections, it's making combinations. So there's like, uh, like scientists are witty, or, or people who innovate or make discoveries, because like Isaac Newton, or Albert, Albert Einstein, or uh, Marie Curie, they observe things in nature or they conduct experiments. And then suddenly, if you read you know, what they say about how they make their discoveries, they connect one thing with another thing right. uh, from different parts of their experience. And that is wit. The wit is not making a joke necessarily, it's making a connection. And you can make that connection in science, in business, in innovation, in the arts, in words, in images, visual artists can be, can be witty. There's all kinds of different wit, and in the book, I explore each kind of different wit. Uh, Are there
3: any funny other funny wits besides puns?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, because
3: Mark Twain was witty. Yeah, but I don't think of him as punning.
0: So I never let school interfere with my education. That's Mark Twain. That's not a pun, but it's a really witty remark.
3: Right. What would you call
0: that? So that's in the world. If you when a, you're witticism, it, a witticism. A witticism. Okay. That's, we have a word for it. And what's, what's...
3: Never let the facts get in the way of a good news story.
0: There you go, that's another <laughs> Something like that. Um, and that's very relevant to journalism these days. Um, but I think the like Mark Twain is a really good example. What, like the difference between humor and wit is that wit has an extra meaning. And when Mark Twain said, I never let school interfere with my education, that's funny, but it also makes you think. So a joke makes you laugh, but a witticism makes you laugh. And it makes you think. And I think that's what, that's what the importance of wit is. And you mentioned earlier, wh- why do we need it? It's because we need, <laughs> we need to think. We need to kind of be on our toes, and we need to live, live by our wits. And wit is what helps us not just make jokes, but solve problems, make discoveries, innovate, and, and you know, solve problems in, in kind of like daily life. You know.
3: So your brain's not a muscle, but... If you practice wittery, funnery <laughs> will you will will, it, will you become better at it will certain funny neural pathways become uh more active
0: absolutely yeah
3: is there a science behind that can they have they seen that on <laughs> on a what on uh an x-ray or whatever you call it <laughs> can you um, see these certain neurons firing when people are being funny
0: i would i would well There is a thing called neuroplasticity, right? And um, that's when your brain is able to make new connections and new pathways. And that's how we learn. So this is like literally and metaphorically true. We're talking about wit is making connections. That's what literally happens in your brain when you learn, right? You take uh, a new piece of a new set of information and you're able to connect it with what you already know. And that's how you learn, whether it's like learning a new language, learning how to drive, whatever it is. And what literally happens is your bra- in your brain is new connections and new pathways are, are made. So if you are, for example, practicing puns, you're making connections between different words and the sounds of different kinds of words. And when you're doing that, you're making, literally, making connections in your brain. And the more you do that, the more connections you have, and then they kind of you know amplify each other, and they grow, kind of, uh, they multiply.
3: Have any studies been done about Substances such as cannabis or alcohol to know if they make you actually funnier or if you just think you're funnier.
0: Yeah, so I think cannabis and alcohol are have been proven to convince the person who's consumed the cannabis and the alcohol that they are in fact really, really funny. (laughs) But I don't know if it's ever been tried on a control group. But I think
3: a lot of stuff needs to be taken care of. Needs to be done study wise, right? We need to. Oh yeah, we we need need to to hook people up to electronic listen. Viewing devices to see what neurons flash when they're being funny. And you also need to find out if, about weed, whether it makes you funnier or just makes you think you're funnier.
0: But I think weed and alcohol, the way that they could be related to wit, I think one of the things that happens in wit is like you're free associating. You're yeah. making all kinds of... Your mind is like roaming very, very widely. And yeah. that's how you're able to make these different connections. Plus, Weed any- and alcohol have been known to, to do that. Any
3: performance... You're better at any sort of performance if you're relaxed too.
0: Correct, and when you laugh, that's relaxing. So when you laugh and you, 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 you someone makes a pun or a, a witty joke and you laugh, that sends endorphins and and through your through your your brain and it and that makes you relaxed and it makes you more open to information. So that's why that's like one reason. If you go to any kind of like someone's giving a speech or whatever, some kind of corporate presentation. What do they typically do? The first thing that a person giving a speech does, they tell a joke. That's to to relax the audience. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Your audience and that, that creates a kind of intimacy, and like a joke is like a, a collaboration you 're sharing something you 're sharing a secret because you you everyone who we gets, get it you 're yeah, part of the club you 're with me okay,
3: so historically speaking, how far back do we know that puns existed were there were no cave painting puns <laughs> correct
0: Wow I, you know what?
3: Were there any I cave haven't... paintings that were meant to be funny? <laughs>
0: that's a really good question I wish I had thought of that before I finished the book I don't know but puns and wit go back to the origins like, of when did
3: man have its first joke <laughs> there's the wheel there was fire and then the, the, somewhere along the line was the first joke
0: that's good yeah I don't know when it happened but I wish I was there and I'm sure it was a pun all right so but, but puns do go way back all the like ancient the most ancient texts have must puns have
3: been a pretty though. simplistic pun back back then like yeah neolithic
0: <laughs> neolithic puns. Puns. rock
3: all right we're gonna go to the phone with uh, our guest james Geary. Wit's end what wit is how it works and why we need it you ready i'm ready all right we're gonna see what happens here uh, sandy how do
1: you do oh good evening gentlemen. this is interesting yeah, um, I have one. I, lo- I have several, actually, but I'll just tell you one. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if this is Gartham Lacks or Winston Churchill. But <laughs> They're one such of them- similar people. <laughs> I know. Well... Uh, one of they were invi- one of them was invited to an uh a dinner and at the at the end of the evening he went up to the hostess and said "Madam I've had a perfectly wonderful evening but this wasn't it."
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was Churchill in fact. Was it? Yeah, it was Churchill. yeah Churchill. I think
1: that's so funny. <laughs> that is that, that is
0: good. That is good. And Churchill also said um who was he, had, he was friends with uh George Bernard Shaw. And George Bernard, George Bernard Shaw, the playwright, he was friends with Churchill. And he said, um, here's two tickets to the premiere of my next play, Winston. Uh, bring a friend if you have one. And, Ch- <laughs> and, and Churchill said, sorry, I can't make it on the opening night, but I'll come to the, the, the second night if there is one.
3: <laughs> so That's Church- really fast, man.
0: That's yeah. good. Churchill is really, really a uh, witty guy.
3: All right, Sandy, that was pretty good. What else you got?
1: Another one?
0: Yeah. Uh
3: Uh-oh,
1: pressure
0: is on, Sandy.
1: All right, well, this is Abraham Lincoln, and he is um, going on a, uh, a bridge that's only wide enough for one carriage. And at the time, there's another carriage coming towards him. So obviously, one of them has to move. And so they both got out. And the other one, who was rather truculent, said to Abraham Lincoln, I'm not going to get out of the way. I'm not going to move. I'm not going to get out of the way for a fool. And Lincoln said, Well, I will.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. Uh, Lincoln was actually really, really witty, and he loved puns. Um, yeah. And he was really a, a, a great jokester. So he was walking down the street in D.C. one time with his secretary of state. And the secretary of state sees a, a sign, uh, like some kind of shop. And it's T.R. Strong, the name of the man who owns that shop. And Lincoln said, ha, T.R. Strong, but coffee are stronger. Uh, <laughs> very I good.
3: So. <laughs> so, thank you very much, Sandy. All right. So, so you, you can see that Lincoln's mind was working in that same way all the time.
0: And that's the thing about Lincoln and puns. Like people think if you make puns, you're not being serious. But I think, like, if you're making puns, you're like extra serious because it. Even if you're the president of the United States and have lots of responsibility and lots of problems, it means that your mind is kind of alert and working, and you're making these connections and you're 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 paying attention to things.
3: I'll Also, sign as somebody who has is good at their job because if they can be calm and easygoing enough while doing this very intense job to have time to think of a pun about tea instead of worrying about the war that shows that you kind of have your act together absolutely bernie in pennsylvania hello bernie Hello. hi
1: so this is my first ever pun (laughs) uh seriously i just decided i needed to do this so here it goes the banana found the Super Bowl very appealing. Whoa!
2: No! Yes,
0: that is a brilliant pun. Congratulations on your first pun, being such an excellent you. one. you. have got you've got a, you've got good a very job, promising Brent. career as a wit.
3: Yeah. So your first you. your first experience was positive, which hopefully will, will make you feel good about continuing the punnery. Okay. I, think I will. Thank you. Thanks. Wow, that wasn't bad.
0: That was very and she good.
3: Had the, it, it is intimidating to call, a call talk radio show. Yeah. It was when I did it, I, and I do this. I called in one time to another show. Oh, I, yeah. was, I was really nervous. So I, And the, she put herself right on the line telling a joke like that. And a good one. Yeah. Uh, uh, who are some of the great, uh, all-time greats? And all-time. when I say all-time, I'm talking as far back as you want to go.
0: <laughs> all-time great wits? Yeah um let's see
3: the greeks were witty right
0: the greeks were witty aristotle wrote uh a lot about wit, and you know he wrote about everything he wrote about science he wrote about literature and he came up with um when he was writing about the the like the main characteristic of a a witty person he used the greek word for like easily turning and that's like or easily twisting so um and his example was ulysses you know ulysses in in um uh, in the Odyssey, is always getting into trouble, and he's always getting out of trouble by through his wits. He's very clever, and he's very resor- resourceful, and he's able to, you know, the whole Trojan horse thing is a very uh, witty a witty way to uh, achieve victory. You don't, like, wit is subtle, and it's kind of you go around uh, the, the side. You don't, instead of attacking from mm-hmm. the front, they put all the soldiers in the Trojan horse and sneak it inside. It's about the, the unexpected. It, it's about the unexpected, and it's got a little bit of trickery to it. So all the way back to Aristotle, every country, every culture all around the world, um, like the ancient Chinese, they were they have lots of stories uh, about the like sages from from ancient China. They were very funny, very witty. Zen comes out of the uh, Chinese. Ancient philosophy.
3: Chinese, all those ancient Chinese, Confucius. Type of
0: yeah, Confucius, Confucius said, was great wit.
3: Uh, but what about the Egyptians? I mean, they did right they wrote everything down. Did any evidence of any wit there? It didn't seem that
0: witty. <laughs> I don't know. I I can't. My hieroglyphic reading ability has deteriorated over the years. Oh, I, that, I'm sure, but I'm sure. Like see, the that's hieroglyphics. Funny. What
3: that that right there is my kind of funny. What when would that be called? What construct is that? My hieroglyphic reading ability has declined over the years.
0: So that's just like riffing, you know? Riffing. Like, like part of part of wit is just being able to riff off whatever comes your way. And when you're having a conversation, or like you're like another really good example of riffing is like when you're getting heckled. If you're a stand-up comedian, yeah. you get heckled and what you say in response. Like, you know, it's one thing to deliver your stand-up comedy set. You do your 15 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever it is. But if people are like interrupting and insulting you or challenging you... And how you respond to that, that's when you have to improvise in the moment. That's when you have to riff. And that's when your wit kicks in.
3: Let me share something with you and the folks. Having a comedian, like a straight-up stand-up comedian as a guest, is usually very difficult. <laughs> yes. It's not really great radio many times because... Why is that? Well, I've given it some thought. One is that a lot of times the people don't have great wit they can tell jokes, but the jokes have—they've told them a million times. They polished them, and they're not really like good on the spot. Yeah. Sometimes, also there's something in—and I know you're a comedian, but you don't count.
0: Oh, thanks very much, Bradley. I mean, present—I don't, I don't count.
3: Present company accepted <laughs> is what I'm saying. You're—you're you're a comedian of a different stripe. Uh, they feel the need to always be funny. Everything. They say they are really pushing it and trying too hard all the time and it doesn't work out. Yeah. Do you find that to be the case?
0: Well I you, don't... when you
3: mingle with <laughs> comedians.
0: Yeah. I'm not like um yeah, I, I can't like if if people are like expecting you to be funny, then that for me, that's like very hard to do. Oh yeah. I, I much prefer a kind of more freewheeling, open like environment like this one, where we're just kind of sitting around, we're shooting the, I can't use that word, or could I use that word? Breeze. Shooting the breeze, thank you very much. Breeze is good. And um, that's where like wit can happen, because like wit is spontaneous, and when you're delivering a joke and you've, you've made up this joke, that's like, you have to be really talented to do that. And then deliver it, but it's different from just sitting around shooting the breeze, and in the moment, mm-hmm. coming up with something.
3: Another reason that they seem difficult, well, r- related to what I said, is the certain insecurity where they
0: just can't be.
3: They're not secure enough to just talk. Yeah, just speak because the f- they f- feel the need to hide behind some joke all the time.
0: But the feedback that they, or the like, the the way that they measure their success as a comedian is the laughs that they get, right? So if they're not getting a laugh, it means they're not succeeding as a comedian. So that that's like their motivation is to get the laugh but always getting the laugh is not doesn't make for good conversation because the conversation's serious sometimes it's jokey sometimes right. it's sad sometimes it's frivolous and trivial sometimes you know so here comes
3: a real another reason that a comedian makes a, a bad guest is
0: that always
3: needing to be funny is kind of usurping control mm. and and Directing the thing, I'm, I'm trying to. We'll be trying to get to a point. I may want to find out something about their career, but it's sidetracked by some jokes. Okay.
0: Yeah, and comedy is also a way to deflect introspection, right? So if you're like, if we're having this interview and you're trying to ans- ask right. me really personal, what are your deepest questions? fears? Yeah, my de- James. One of my deepest insecurities, yeah. or what was your most humiliating or embarrassing moment? I can come up with a joke. And I don't have to really answer your question. And plus I don't really even have to, to think about it because I don't want to do that because it makes me uncomfortable. But do you know why cannibals don't eat comedians? Because they taste funny. <laughs> so that's me deflecting from your probing that's a good interrogation. One. Did you have did you're you, making you me... didn't make that up right then? No, I didn't make that up. So that doesn't count as wit.
3: That's an interesting question right there. It it was wit when you made it up.
0: I didn't make it up. Oh. I read it. <laughs> okay. So it's wit, but it's but, uh, someone else's wit. But I had the wit to know when to use it. Yeah. That's that's right. That's the, the little tiny bit of wit that I contributed there.
3: So let's find out what Tony in Walpole has for, to offer. Maybe an observation or maybe some actual humor. <laughs> Tony, what's going on?
2: Hey, nothing much. Just trying to relax. Good evening, gentlemen. Glad you guys are doing fine.
3: Good evening. Yep, good evening, Tony.
2: Uh, I, I love puns. I, I live for them. It's a good distraction for um, what I'm thinking. Um, you know, get away from it and then make a few puns and then get back on things. Um, I have a few if you're interested.
3: Sure, we're interested. <laughs> <laughs>
2: can, Pun, can puns are us. Yes. Um, I knew this guy. His name was Arthur. He was a uh, a baker. He did it all his life. Would that mean art is in art is in?
0: <laughs> that's a very complicated pun. Is that a pun? <laughs> yes, it is a pun.
3: Art it's is. A, a, I get yes. it.
0: I, I like it actually.
3: And that's the kind of yeah. thing that I goes through my head. It's so almost. that's a,
0: that's a pun. You need to. That's like a. This is wh- the way. Like puns are like jokes because that pun had a setup. You know, it's not just like yeah. right away, but he had to tell a little story first to set it up. The guy's name's Arthur, Artisan, and so that's just like a joke. Puns and jokes are, are very similar. i that probably
3: going to have to give you a good grade on that one, Tony. <laughs> thank, you,
2: thank you.
3: <laughs> uh, What's next?
2: I have a, a whole, whole bunch of them, uh, oh, if, oh, you, if oh. you get the time.
3: Well, we have a little time. Give me three.
2: Wow. Okay. Um, truck's entering left. Now, if the trucks are entering, why, if they've already left, why do we need a sign to say that they're entering? Should we, like, get all sad?
3: <laughs> I'm going to give you a, a less good grade on that one. That's complicated one, one right? <laughs> so you, what you're trying to get at is the, it's the, the two meanings of left. The turn left versus yeah. having left the area. Yeah, yeah. Why do you need a yeah. sign to, uh, to say the truck is left or something like that? Or the turn.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. Of course it's left because it's entering. We know that.
2: Next. Right, right, yeah. And then the opposite sign is is trucks entering right. Well, right. Is that like really sure? (laughs) Hey, galley girl. Trucks entering right. Next. This Uh, is your last one, Tony. Okay. Uh, Fire rescue. I can never understand that one. If the fire truck is going to go rescue the fire, is he going to bring it to a fire hospital?
0: So that's a great example of a great way to be witty is to take things literally like fire rescue tony interpreted that literally and but it's actually meant kind of metaphorically but if you take it literally yeah. you can you can you can you can make a witty remark about it
3: tony thank you take care, brother. who's the guy that is the in charge of uh America's Got Talent, or
0: oh, who is that? Oh, right. Uh, he was
3: mean. And then there was the one, the singing program that he did before, and he was mean to the people.
0: I know who you mean. Kind he's of an British.
3: Irish. Yeah, British guy. Yeah. I just, this is not a pun, it's just an observation. I probably will never, ever have another opportunity to get out there. But in the commercial for his show, it says, This show is the Olympics of talent. But, sir, the Olympics. <laughs> are the, the Olympics, Olympics of ta- talent. <laughs> all right. Let's go to uh, Louise in Malden. Hello there. Hello. God, you know, Louise. Yeah. Hey, we only You got a pun. You got to deliver it real fast.
1: All right. Real given, fast. It, all right. Given the prevalence of CTE amongst football players, anyone who's still playing the game, wait for it, should have
2: their head examined. Whoa! There you go. We
3: have to go now. Thank Brilliant. you so much that we'll end on a high note there. James Geary, Wit's End. What Wit is, how it works, and why we need it. Clearly, it's a big winner with the J Talking listeners. Go buy this. Make me feel influential. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. Another episode of the J Talking Podcast. Remember, you can always catch the show live every weeknight starting Sunday, midnight to five on WBZ, Boston's news radio. You can subscribe to the podcast where you listen to podcasts and never miss an episode. And follow me on Twitter for show updates.
1: With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.